Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Christmas break. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Tuesday, December 21st is Christmas break. I never knew leagues to take Christmas breaks before. It was always a thing. The NBA plays on Christmas. If the NFL, if it's a Saturday or Sunday in December, the NFL is playing on Christmas. NHL, everybody plays on Christmas. I was always happy. Baseball would take two weeks of breaks at the end of December. It's the quietest time on the calendar when you run an MLB team. You get the last two weeks in December. You still have to speak to your owner and you speak to your GM every day, but generally transactions are quiet. Everything's quiet. So Christmas break is something that you associate as a student, but nope, the National Hockey League in this era of Omicron COVID has said we're going to take a Christmas break. And what was upsetting to me about the whole decision is that it was reported by media outlets as breaking news. Hold the presses, NHL shuts down. And that gives people memories of last year when sports shut down, not for three days or a week, it shut down for months. That's not what's going on. Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, looked at the schedule, looked at the fact that 49 games have been postponed already, realizes they've got a situation regarding their season and regarding Olympics that are coming up in February in Beijing where he doesn't want to send players to begin with, gets together with his owners and says, here's what we're going to do, and it's going to go great. We're going to announce that we're shutting down. Of course, that means we're only missing three scheduled games, but Then we're going to bring everyone back one day earlier than we're going to say on December 26th. We're going to test everyone. Then we're going to get to say that there has been a material impact to our schedule, which gives us a contractual out to not send players to the Olympics. Think about that. It's it's like a nice gift-wrapped They tie a little bow. They make a little announcement. They get to appear as though they're really trying to take care of their players and take care of their sport, take care of their team. And so they get all this attention. Remember, Gary Bettman has been in the shadows of Roger Goodell and Adam Silver and Rob Manford forever. As far as COVID's concerned and the way the leagues have reacted, the NHL has always been the tail of the dog. And now they had an opportunity to take charge. The NFL still has two games on Christmas. Those are not going to be postponed, I promise. The NBA has five games on Christmas. 
Those will not be postponed. Huge parts of the broadcast deals. The NHL local broadcast deals, bupkis. The national broadcast deal, it's relatively bupkis. It's sort of like bupkis. So it really makes perfect sense to me what they did. The question I would have for all the leagues right now, and I'm going to have to repeat this because it is concerning to me that no one's paying attention and people are sitting here in New York waiting on two and a half hour lines to get COVID tested, whether you're symptomatic or not, is the leagues are going to go toward the NFL protocols. They're going to go to the don't say anything, don't see anything try to cover up your sniffles and your sneezing and your body aches and let the show go on. I think that's what the leagues are going to do. I told you that that's what they're going to have to do or else they're going to have a situation where they won't be able to play. I mean, the NBA, I think there's like 100 players this season in protocol. The the NHL had 15% of their labor force, something something along that math, just a huge number that were in protocols as of yesterday. NBA has teams decimated where they're now allowing anybody to be signed. Okay. Play the games. Play with what you have. The worst thing you could be is look like the Chicago Bears, right? The worst thing is you could have a team that stinks and your team probably wasn't good to begin with. If you had a good team that's missing the best players, Generally, those teams are still winning. I'm trying to think of a team that was good and is now bad because they lost players to COVID. I can't think of it. I cannot think of one. Can you? Can you, Coca? <gasps> He's back. I wanted to do the word of the day yesterday is today when I did. He's back. And we were talking about Kyrie, who's one of Coca's favorite players. Coca got back from Europe yesterday. He spent a week. Not only did he not get arrested, but he thrived. He got to see London and Paris. He got out of London before they may shut down again. I think he took 17 COVID tests during a seven-day trip. Got back. We were going over the show. I was so happy to have him back. I thanked Mikey and Debo for taking over while he was gone. But I was wondering whether or not he was going to even get back from London, whether or not he was going to get sick. And during the pregame preparation, when he was annoyed that COVID was going to lead off the show, but recognized it had to, he said, you know, I feel great. I was away. I wore a mask the whole time. I got to go see Tottenham and I got to see Harry Kane score. He said, my nose is so clear that I can, he said, I can smell the sunrise. I'm not sure what that means. I think he's making fun of me because I can't smell the sunrise. Although I'm not sure anyone can smell the sunrise, but I assumed that he would sleep through the morning call this morning because that's how the time difference works. But he did something that uh, he acted very much like a player. He never adjusted to European time. So he had, that was his view of no jet lag. And it seemed to have worked. I'm not sure how it works when you're in London and Paris. And uh, one day, if you follow him on Instagram or Twitter, he may show you what his favorite piece of art was that he saw at the Louvre in Paris. But anyway, Coco, welcome back. I'm glad you went but I'm glad you're back. So I just want to give you an official wait to see on this issue, just so you have it. Not the Coke issue. I knew Coca would be back. On the NHL taking a Christmas break, which is not really a Christmas break. It's a three-day pause, and it's not really a pause. They've just postponed an extra three games. That's all they've done. Golly. 
Now, you can't practice during the three days. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The NFL and the NBA will not follow suit. Gary Bettman so badly wants to be the leader. He wants to be the head of the snake, but it's not going to happen. So wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. We revisit it. If it does, we revisit it. If it doesn't, the NBA and the NHL will not strike that. All right, Coca, wipe it. 10, 12, 69. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. If it does, we revisit it. If it doesn't, we also revisit it because we want to have credibility where half the other people doing shows give you hot takes and they don't even know what they're saying and they certainly don't care when they're wrong and don't want you to remember when they're wrong. Well, the NFL and the NBA will not do a Christmas break. They will not do a pause. You can wait to see. What do you do when you have a player who can help you, but you feel like off the field, he hurts you? We've had this conversation. I thought about it all the time. It's such a huge part of the job when you are running a team is to figure out at what point does winning trump principles or does winning trump morality. And having a period of time since I ran a team at the end of 2017, so I've had four years to evaluate how I was and I've grown up a little bit, gotten a little bit older few more gray hairs, not too many. I don't color my hair. People think I color my hair. I do not. I've got like seven gray hairs on the side. If you're watching this on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube, maybe a few, but I have very good genes. Thank you, Grandpa Harry. You can convince yourself anything when you're in the public eye running a team and you're being judged on winning games. It's really quite easy to do, actually. And we would sit around and talk about this fact that we have players who we don't like. We have players who we know are bad people. We have players who we know are immoral people. Amoral or immoral? Coca, I think it's immoral. And we are willing to turn a blind eye when you let us. When the fans come to us, and we don't listen to fans too often, as you know, but if they're, when I say when you come to us, it means the groundswell of cancel. When that comes to us, there's almost nothing we can do. Bruce Arians is the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're trying to figure out how to repeat with Tom Brady a year older. The team still has one of the best records in the NFC. They signed a player named Antonio Brown. If you don't know Antonio Brown, he's a man with a rap sheet the size of my frame. He's been in trouble, been sued, had issues, was reinstated, suspended. The Buccaneers gave him a chance. And at the time of the chance, Bruce Arians said, hey, it's one and done. Because it got a lot of attention when he signed that the Buccaneers were selling out by bringing him on, and what is he going to be helpful? Was he not going to be helpful? Well, guess what? They brought him on, and he then got suspended for three games this season. He's the guy we talked about who faked his Vax card, and he told his private chef about it, and then his, he didn't pay his private chef. The private chef told on him, snitches get hollandaise sauce, 
and then he got suspended. So the question is, what do we do with him? And people said, hey, Bruce, you said he doesn't even get one strike because he's got 10 strikes, so that's it. Well, wouldn't you know it, Mike Evans, one of their wide receivers, hamstring injury. Then yesterday, Chris Godwin, knee injury, ACL out for the season. I was thinking about Chris Godwin, Coca. Can you imagine the significance of the NFL Players Union dealing with the Chris Godwin issue? Chris Godwin is playing on something called the franchise tag. A franchise tag is when you are paid, you can't leave, so you're not a free agent because they literally put a tag on It's not literally. They don't actually put a tag on you like you're some piece of beef with Upton Sinclair going to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. No, they just sort of tag you. And then they pay you an amount that's based on the top percentage of people at your position. And then you have nowhere to go. And then you become a free agent once you're tagged twice because you sometimes can be tagged twice. Be that as it may, Godwin is playing under a franchise tag, which means he has no guaranteed money after this year. He gets hit. And uh, it was not a good looking hit. And he ended up tearing his ACL. And he's done. Not just done for the season, but ACL, that could be six, seven months of recovery. Sometimes you don't get the explosiveness that you had. So his entire earning power has disappeared. As a matter of fact, Tom Brady was so despondent about losing Godwin that he went public yesterday saying, oh, better protect wide receivers the way you protect quarterbacks. He was complaining that that you shouldn't be able to hit a wide receiver low and you're not allowed to hit anyone in the head. He doesn't want you to be hit in the knees. I think it, it's maybe you just make it flag football, right? Make them take the flag down. We could do that. Or we could just put a target right in the sternum section and right in the lower back and say that's where you have to hit. And if you don't hit there, you get a 15-yard penalty. I guess that's what he wants to do. Tom Brady wants to talk to the competition committee and change the rules to allow wide receivers to not be hit in the way that other players are now not allowed to be hit. Do you you ever watch football when a wide receiver's cutting across the middle and they realize that they're being open to getting crushed by a a oncoming freight train in the form of a cornerback? Like Lester Hayes used to be the, the scariest defensive back like a long time ago with the Oakland Raiders. He was the stick'em guy who would just hit people hard. And now... Everybody hits hard because everyone's fast. Everyone's big. So wide receivers don't like going across the middle. They're worried if their quarterback leads them too far, doesn't lead them enough, that they're going to be open to getting hit. And they pull up sometimes, don't catch the ball. And then we complain about it as fans or as gamblers where you say, if you had caught that, I'd cover, not cover, whatever the case may be. All I think is to myself, would you ever put your body in that position? If one of us got hit like that, we'd be in the hospital for a year. We'd maybe be dead. So Godwin takes one on the knee. He's done. So the question goes to Bruce Arians. Hey, what about AB? Antonio Brown, his suspension's over. What are you going to do with him? Are you going to release him the way you said you would? So Bruce Arians gets asked the question yesterday. And you didn't have to be Nostradamus. Nostradamus? You didn't have to be a good predictor of future to know what he said. It was a pretty good line. When asked why he was going to keep Antonio Brown, knowing that he is going to keep him now, 
He said, I could give an S, S-H-I-T, what they think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. That's pretty good. That's good. I want to give him credit. And the credit I want to give him is that all coaches think that, except very few coaches are willing to admit that publicly. If you ask a coach right now about a player who gets a DUI or a player who has domestic violence or a player who's molesting somebody, the overwhelming majority are going to do what Coach Q did when he was coaching the Blackhawks during uh, the Stanley Cup when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, and it was brought to his attention that one of his players was being potentially molested. He said, all right, we'll talk about it after the playoffs. Coaches get paid for rings, and people have very short memories when they're giving out their ring size. He's going for a repeat with the Buccaneers. He's looking at his team. He's going to his owner and saying, listen, we got problems. We've got injuries. And if we want us to repeat, look at what just happened. Tom Brady got shut out for the first time in 255 games this past weekend, which is a record. They lost 9 nothing. He looked like he was 100 years old, had a terrible game, no one to throw the ball to, which could be one of the reasons. They lose to a good defense in the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady gets all frustrated, starts swearing at the sidelines and taunting the coaches of the the interim coach, by the way, because the head coach had COVID. So Tom Brady was telling the interim coach of the Saints to go F himself. He got why did he get bad attention for that? I'm not exactly positive. Everyone was calling for Tom Brady to be penalized for taunting. It's taunting when you go to the players do that all game long. There's chirping that goes back and forth to the dugouts, back and forth to the sidelines. All game. No one cares doesn't matter that the camera saw it. People like seeing that. It feels like they're they're like in hard knocks. They're seeing the inside. So Bruce Arians is very much aware of the issue, quite obviously, that they need help. And as you now know, when you need help, you're going to get it from wherever you can get it. There's no more deadline in the NFL. You can't trade for anybody. Antonio Brown is the best of the possible scenarios of people who can come in and replace Evans and Godwin. So Arians felt he did everything right, except when he was asked about players who say they're vaccinated when they're not. And Arians himself is 69 years old, right? He's a cancer survivor. He has these preconditions that could make him susceptible if he gets COVID to being one of the small percentage of people who die. His response, nah, I'm fine. (laughs) Bruce Arians is the one who wears that fanny pack during the game. He looks like Grandpa Bruce. He actually has an 83-year-old assistant coach. I don't know if you know this. I only knew it by thinking about this story when we were talking about this uh, to be a story today. And he had the same view of his assistant coach. His name is uh, um, Michael Moore, Tom Moore. And it was told, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. We're good. Would you do the same thing? What would you do? What would you do to protect your business, to grow your business? What would you do to make sure that you stay the number one ranked business in the industry in which you existed? Before you criticize what Bruce did, 
before you wonder about the competitive nature of these professional sports and the front offices and how far they would go and how unscrupulous they actually are and how little they actually care about the off-field behavior of the players, just put yourself in the position of how you are judged at your business and if something was going to make you better at what you do, therefore making you have the ability to make more money. Do you turn your head? 98.6% of the people do. So Bruce Arians, I don't blame you for that at all. I really don't. All right, Coca, I want to, if that's okay, I want to go to a break right now. And I want to review Swan Song when we come back. And then I want to talk about Nick Saban, one of my favorite characters. And we are getting closer to the college football playoffs, closer to the Orange Bowl and the I don't know. What, what, what is it, Coca? Is it the orange, the cotton, and the peach, and the fuzz? Anyway, we'll talk about it when we get back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson with Matthew Coca. He's back. Thank you for rating and reviewing and following and keeping Nothing Personal going. We're going to keep going. We're going to take a Christmas break. We are taking a shutdown, Coca. That's what we should have done. How could we not put that in the show? That the NHL is doing it, so we're going to follow Gary Bettman. I can't believe we missed it. Rewind. Gary Bettman wants to be a leader in shutting down for Christmas. All right, Gary, we're going to follow you. <laughs> I appreciate that you're on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube page, telling your friends about the fun we have and sort of the crazy stuff we do. Still watch a movie every single day. Oh, thank you, Coca. There is now rating on Spotify. Do you know what that means? Nope. All I know is you can get ratings like on Apple. You can do it on Spotify when you give five stars, you write a review. And apparently, the more ratings you get, the better it is. I guess. Though I've not been told by anybody, hey, what are your ratings? Hey, we're only going to pay Coca that amount of money if you get to that number of ratings. That said, it may be true. So please rate us on Spotify. So it's Oscar time. Today's the 21st. I believe Being the Ricardos comes out on Amazon Prime today. So I'm going to watch that today and review it tomorrow if it's out today. I watched Swan Song yesterday on Apple TV+. Plus. It's also out in theaters. And Mahershala Ali was nominated for Best Actor Drama for the G Squareds. And I didn't know one thing about Swan Song. I knew Glenn Close was in it. I knew Naomi Harris was in it. 
who I love. She's from the James Bond movies. You've seen her. We, she just was in No Time to Die, but she's been in a bunch of them. Spectre and um, a bunch of Daniel Craig ones. I'm blanking on what the other Daniel Craig was. Not Sky. Skyfall. Thank you. So do you know what this movie's about? It's about someone who's dying. And you can get cloned. And your clone takes over for you in your life. And the people in your life don't realize because the clone is so good. It has all your memories. You transplant your memories to your clone's memories. And they react the exact way you would react to every single situation that could ever come up. They just step into your life. Aquafina's in it, and she was someone who got replaced and cloned, and they spend time talking, and Glenn Close is the doctor. It reminded me a little of Extreme Measures with Gene Hackman. I'm sure you've never heard of that movie, Coca. That's a movie from, God, it could be 30 years ago, where uh, they are trying to put a, uh, they're trying to cure cancer, and by doing it, they're killing people. So this was a, movie that got me from the beginning coca told me that it's from an episode of black mirror which is a show i've never seen because i described it to coca and he asked me whether i'd seen black mirror and i hadn't but the performance by mahershala ali who's already an oscar winner is oscar worthy he gives a performance with his eyes with his face you can see the difference between the clone and the actual man but then all of a sudden over the course of the movie, you can't. And there's an intersecting point where you lose track. And there's a little bit of Total Recall kind of in there. It's just a mix of a bunch of different movies, except it's better written than the other movies uh, of this ilk and better performed. Overall, if you have Apple TV+, Plus, which you do because Ted Lasso's on it and the morning show, so you should have it. But Swan Song is going to be a consideration when it comes to the Oscars because his performance was that good. Swan Song, make sure you check it out. I wonder whether anybody on the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to watch Swan Song. I'm not sure that any college students will watch that. It's sort of an adult movie. It's not a Marvel movie. It's not Spider-Man, which is not streaming, so I... I don't know when I'm going to get to a theater. It's not going to be nominated, so I don't think I'm going to see it at all until well after the Academy Awards. Alabama, I'm, I'm transitioning, Coca. I'm transitioning to Alabama. So Alabama's playing in the college football playoff, of course, because they're one of the top four seeds in the country, of course, because they always are, because they're Alabama and they're Nick Saban. And we know that Nick has taken an interesting stance toward COVID throughout COVID for the last two years. He's been very public about wanting to take care of his players and the safety of his players. Meanwhile, there's been outbreaks on campus back before there could be vaccinations. And the show goes on and Nick was very vociferous in his objections to any sort of pause or shutdown or anything that could interrupt in any way what he's doing on the field. Of course, his whole advantage has been somewhat diminished by NIL and other boosters being able to actually pay players above board. So Nick Saban said, this is a good opportunity. I think I'm going to take this moment to let everybody know how much I love my guys, to let everyone know how much I care about my players. (laughs) 
he couldn't give. He's the Scott Boris of college coaches, right? He couldn't give one crap about his players except for the fact that they help him win. But he announced yesterday that he is going to bring back the pre-vaccination COVID protocols, which means virtual this and social distancing that and masking the other, all sorts of ways because he, and this is what he said, and it's a good one, I'm always concerned when there's an issue out there. We want to do the best we can to help our players be concerned about the issue and respect it so they have the best opportunity to stay safe. He said they're going to educate the players on the risks of the virus and send them home with a care package. And I immediately started thinking about Derek Jeter and the care packages that he sends home with the women who he sleeps with, slept with, slept. Relax. Relax. What's the name of that head of PR? Some guy with the Marlins who monitors everything we do and say, Coca. I can't think of his name right now. So Nick Saban is saying, I really want my players to stay safe. I'm going to send them home. Here's my view of Nick Saban's Alabama care package. Because it has lipstick in it. It's got green pieces of paper in it. It's got some NyQuil. Maybe a little Xanax. It's got a box of tissues. It has a playbook. It has an iPad with things programmed onto it so they can look at video of their performance. It's got some ZZZ quill in case players aren't sick, but they still want to sleep. <laughs> it's got a phone number, a home testing kit. Come on, Nick. What kind of care package are you sending to your players because you want to educate them on the virus? Are you giving them what the Surgeon General and what Dr. Fauci has written about, all the people who have written documents, the scientific evidence that shows that the third booster of Moderna will give you an 89% chance of not being sick 69% of the time, and if you are at 29% of the time, you're going to be okay? Give me a small break. But Alabama's going to be healthy. Lost both games in the nothing personal pick of the day yesterday. We had the Browns getting one and a half from the Raiders. Then we had the Browns giving one and a half to the Raiders. Then we had the Browns giving three to the Raiders. Couldn't keep track of what the line was because players are in, they're out. It's impossible to bet on football right now because you don't, you may lock in a line that is so old and not even close to what the current line is because it keeps changing with COVID protocols and with the game going on. So just be aware of that. But the loss is a loss. The Raiders beat the Browns by two, 16-14, really a great nationally televised second Monday night game. That game was delayed from Saturday, as you may recall. So the Raiders won, Browns lost. They're both 7-7, seven and seven, blah, blah. But it was the second game that really made me crazy. The Chicago Bears should be a better team. Coca mentioned to me that people in London were fans of the Chicago Bears because it's a team they got to watch back in the day. Back in the day, the Bears played the Vikings. The Bears, they just stink. 
Matt Nagy's going to get fired. We know this. He's not going to get fired before the end of the season, but he will 100% get fired. Do we have that as a way to see? I have not updated the document in so long, Coke. I've got to do that today or tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it while I'm siphoning through the care package that I get sent by CBS for my Christmas break. Because, boy, I'll get, a, I'll get a care package full of swag. But I think Matt Nagy is definitely going to get fired. Oh, we do have it. From November 26th of 2021, Matt Nagy will not coach in 2022. Wow, that's a month ago? That is almost a month ago. And he's done nothing since then to make that wait to see not come true. The Bears, they're so bad. But then the end of the game, they score a touchdown. Coca, did you watch this? To get to nine points, to make it 17-9. The line that many people had was minus seven. We had the Bears plus six, so we were losing either way. Did you see what happened at the end of the Bears-Vikings game? And why we talk on nothing personal, why gambling is a real thing? Just curious whether or not you agree when you know the line, because the players know the line, the coaches know the line. Trust me. Oh, I don't know the line. I never look. They all say the same thing, and they're all so full of it. Anyway, the Bears didn't cover. Well, guess what? Tonight's Tuesday, December 21st, and for an unprecedented seventh day this week, there's an NFL game. Two NFL games, actually. We're going to take the Redskins plus six and a half versus the Eagles. Ah, I put Redskins in the document, and you didn't change it, Coca. The Washington football team owned by Dan and Lolita Snyder are getting six and a half from Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Reggie White, and the rest of the great Philadelphia Eagles. WF Skins plus six and a half. All right, Coca. Someone asked a question. Do we have the music? You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Hit follow. Go into the DMs, which are open to the public. And I try to keep up with it, but it's getting harder. But I still do somewhat. I take some time each day because it's an addiction. And so I take the phone right here. I record a cameo or two to make a little extra money. Then I respond to a few DMs as well as I can. When you ask a question, I try to put it into the show from time to time in a So You Want to Talk to Samson segment, which is based on the movie Half-Baked, which is not a movie that I'll watch every time it's on. It's not one of those because if I'm not at least 89, 90th baked, then probably not going to watch it. So you want to talk to Samson. Hi, David. Hi. Can you tell me whether the lawsuit against Major League Baseball will win? I love that kind of question. It's, winning a lawsuit is the vernacular that's used. Did you win? Because that's the world we're in. There's winning, there's losing. Many lawsuits are actually grades of winning and grades of losing. But I want to tell you about this lawsuit because it's, it's a good one. The lawsuit was filed by a, a law firm called Wild Gotchel. Wild Gotchel is a law firm that sued me and others. They are very pro-union, anti-owner law firm. They have, a, they have a very good practice. It's a decent law firm. They had a guy named Jeffrey Kessler 
who was retained by some limited partners in Canada trying to say that we did something wrong back in Montreal, which of course we didn't when we moved the uh, sold the Expos to baseball and bought the Marlins when Jeffrey bought the Marlins from John Henry. There was a big arbitration and it lasted forever. And of course we won everything. But that said, while Gotcha, uh, that was the law firm with a guy named Jeffrey Kessler, who's a name that has come up because he's done a bunch of lawsuits. He now is part of a different firm. He's like a hired guy who keeps going from firm to firm, making more money. But anyway, while Gotchel filed a lawsuit against Major League Baseball on behalf of four minor league teams, one in Staten Island, one in the Tri-City Valley, one in Norwich, and one in Salem. These are four minor league teams. Do you remember what happened in Major League Baseball? Every one of the years I was in Major in Major League Baseball, there was a minor league baseball association. The minor league baseball association would have an agreement with Major League Baseball for how the two entities would work together. And it was always very upsetting for Major League Baseball owners to be annoyed with minor league baseball owners, to be annoyed with minor league baseball teams who wanted better players, who wanted different players, who wanted us to play exhibition games at their town so they could make money. And they would do that so we would they would agree to affiliate with us we needed to have a triple a affiliate a double a affiliate two single a affiliates you want to try to get them in as convenient place as possible there was always competition with the other major league teams and the major league owners Ooh, who's going to get that triple a team or that triple a team you don't want to be an east coast team with the west coast triple a team because then they've got to fly an extra distance to, when you call them up so it's a whole thing. Then Rob Manford said correctly at the request of the owners, we're actually going to let the agreement expire with the minor league association, and then we're going to take over. We're going to run our own minor leagues, and we're going to tell these teams, hey, you don't want to work with us? No problem. We're just not going to affiliate you with the team. And remember the whole debate about contracting 40 minor league teams, and Congress went crazy, and what, what's the guy's name? Uh, Bernie Sanders sent a letter. What you're doing is un-American. These are towns that demand and want you so badly to play minor league baseball. They need it for their economy. Wah, wah, wah. And we knew nothing would ever come of that. So Major League Baseball took over running the minor leagues. And then they cut the teams who were going to be affiliated from 160 to 120. There's 30 Major League Baseball teams. Do a little math here. Yes, Four teams per club, level the playing field, lower the expenses, knowing that half the people on minor league teams are never going to be major league players. It all made perfect sense. However, there was going to be some potential collateral damage. The collateral damage is that there were minor league teams who were no longer affiliated, who were very upset thinking that, hey, I bought this team for a million dollars or $5 million or $10 million. And I bought it because, hey, we're the Staten Island Yankees. How cool is that? We get to glom on to the trademarks of the Yankees. We get to say we're affiliated with them, and then we're going to get sort of the fumes of their fan base in Staten Island, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. We're going to make money from an operation standpoint. Our asset's going to go up. It's all going to be great. Then they get a letter in the mail saying you're no longer with the Yankees, and it's like their hair was on fire running around like a chicken without a head, trying to sue everyone in sight. 
So four teams got together. They hired Wild Gotchel, and yesterday they sued in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan. They sued Major League Baseball. Now, what is the cause of action? When you sue, you have to have a cause of action. You can't just say, I sue you. It's like declaring, like in gladiator times, I will fight you. You could do that, and then you fight, and that's the end of it. You can't just say, I'll sue you. You then have to say, why? Are you suing because you're angry, you're upset, you're disappointed? Or are you suing because of tortious interference with the contract? Are you suing for negligence? I need something. Give me something. While Gottschall gets hired and they say, we have an idea. We know we can sue MLB for, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to accuse Major League Baseball of violating the Sherman Antitrust Act. (gasps) Oh, no. The Antitrust Act that has been around in baseball since, I don't know, the 1920s. The Antitrust Act that people have tried to get rid of for, I don't know, a hundred years. The Antitrust Act that the Supreme Court will never reverse. They're going to wait for Congress to do it, and Congress is not going to do it. I promise you that. The Antitrust Act, which basically is about competition. I'm going to bear it down, break it down to its simplest form. You read it when banks are going to merge or airlines are going to merge or coffee shops are going to merge. The country believes that it is in the best interest of its citizens to have choices. And if you have one airline that has all the flights, then they can charge pretty much whatever they want and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, people tried to claim that baseball is antitrust because There's only 30 teams. They can charge whatever they want. They have a barrier to entry. You can't just become a Major League Baseball team. But you sure as heck fire can start another league if you want. Good luck. But while Gotchel, the law firm, was willing to take this case because they knew there was no other way for these minor league teams to even get in the news because Major League Baseball did nothing wrong. And I'm giving you it from a totally neutral standpoint. I have no dog in this fight. It's a weird expression. I have no dog in the fight. Why, is that the right expression, Coca? I don't even know why people say dog in the fight. Anyway, I digress. But while Gotchel has a big interest in being the law firm that could be known as the firm that finally brings down the antitrust exemption that baseball has. Now, I want to explain that exemption because it happened about 100 years ago, and it happened because there was a justice, you you may have heard of a Supreme Court justice named Oliver Wendell Holmes, and he said, you know what? Baseball is not interstate commerce, like airplanes are, like coffee and banks are. Interstate commerce is doing business in different states. Baseball does business in 30 different states. We know this, right? Not true. Not true, Coca, because... California has a bunch of teams. New York has a bunch of teams. Whatever. 26 states, 27 states. I'm not going to count now. Don't care. It's not that I don't care. I don't have time. Don't want to do it. So what Justice Holmes said is, it's not interstate commerce. Therefore, you're exempt. He was just saying they're exhibition games. It doesn't matter what he said. It just said no interstate commerce. So then people have been testing that. 
but each time the Supreme Court has reaffirmed it. And there's a case that you may have heard of about Kurt Flood, which really was about free agency, but it doesn't matter. What the Kurt Flood case did in the 1970s is say, this is what the Supreme Court has said in 1922. Baseball has this antitrust exemption and we're not changing it. Go to Congress if you want something changed, which is something the Supreme Court does often. Remember, they've got name, image, and likeness. There's going to be a lawsuit about that. Well, now there is name, image, and likeness. The Supreme Court is often counted on to make big decisions when it comes to things that should be dealt with by the legislative branch. So the question is, with this lawsuit that you're asking me, I want to, I want to get you the question again, just so you have it exact. Can the lawsuit against Major League Baseball win? No chance, toilet pants. There is zero possibility that there will be any court in the land that will say that Major League Baseball, by changing its number of affiliates from 160 to 120, is somehow making it so that there are minor league teams out there who have to fend for themselves. When baseball has not contracted those teams, those teams can still operate with all the independent players they want. There's independent minor league teams everywhere. There's independent leagues, which by definition are non-affiliated leagues. There is no big deal. This is an example where there are law firms who are willing to take on cases that do nothing but enrich the law firms. And it makes me insane. It's the same thing I have with these law firms who are doing these independent investigations into the cancel culture or into the workplace misconduct and harassment. And I worked at law firms during law school. I worked in law firms before law school, big law firms, medium law firms. I never practiced after passing the bar. But one thing about law firms that I guarantee you is correct is that if you come to them and you can pay your bills, they're going to take your case. Because lawyers, while they don't have their MBAs, they do know one thing. It's just business. This is nothing personal.